Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you gonna get me the oh, ball? Oh, I'm getting the ball! I'm getting the ball! I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Make the this is 11 personnel i'm nick roush here with adam luckett and uh two losses in a row buddy what the hell's going on what what, what What'd you do? This is all your fault. I don't know. We got we found some bad juju somewhere we gotta get rid of. Uh, it must have been in the SEC water. Maybe. Yeah. It's not been too kind to the cat so far. Uh I have a theory. Uh one of which is the only times Kentucky have won is before they've done or after they've done the free money podcast. So there's that. Um the other theory that one of my friends have, he's only seen Kentucky win in Hawaii this year. So he might have to move. Tell him to move back to the islands. Yeah, he's he's just going to the islands. Going to be drinking a lot of uh, Kuna Longboard. I got a question for you, Nick Roush. Okay. Tell me the last time Kentucky's played well in Starkville. The onside kick Jalen Whitlow game. No, in. Or is that you talking about Stoops' first year? Yeah, that was in Starkville. Yeah. Yeah. That was the last time they played well. So the worst team they've had in a long time played well there. But other than that, they haven't won there since 08. The year they won there was kind of a close game, went down to the wire. In 06, they needed a one-handed catch from Dickie Lyons to win down there. They just never yeah, – I forgot about that They game. never play play well down there for whatever reason. And I think we should have seen it coming. I'm kind of ha- regretting it, regretting looking back at all my prognostications last week. Yeah. It but just – they just do not – I don't know what if it's something in the water – there's something just about the aura of Starkville. They just do not. They go down there, and they. It seems like all the games are in the middle of the afternoon. Yep. And they it's just hot. never play well. But maybe we can deport Starkville from the SEC. Well, Pretty, kind of an institution at this point. Uh, I, I agree to disagree. Um, but it was. It was very ugly. It was uh, about as ugly as some of the games we got on Saturday. There were some wild ones. Um, like blowing a 32-point lead in the third quarter and losing at like home. throwing nine touchdown passes and losing the game? Yeah, like that. Or throwing a game-winning touchdown pass with 16 seconds left but just not crossing the goal line. Mm-hmm. That You can do that too. Back to that Washington State-UCLA game. It's one thirty-two in the morning at my house, <laughs> and I am hysterically laughing out loud watching that game. <laughs> Everybody else is sleeping. There's Adam just sitting on the couch. You're saying you had in-laws in too, right? I did. So you were just – uh, wide awake, just mm-hmm. laughing at Washington State. And I could I could not pull my eyes away from the TV <laughs> because I was flipping. I was writing my KSR post that goes up on Sunday slash watching the TV and just kind of bouncing back and forth. I really like the game day final show. 
that goes on where they at, yeah. the, at the very end of the night. It's mm-hmm. a good, it's good highlight. Give show. out the helmet stickers. Yeah, yeah. And so I was bouncing back, watching Toledo. Bryant Kobeck had a huge game, ran really? for like two hundred yards. Yeah, they were playing Colorado State. Toledo won. Long story short, so just bouncing back and forth, and then I I turn it off when they're down thirty two, and I'm not even kidding you. Without within ten fifteen minutes, I look at my phone and it's like a two possession game. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, uh oh. So I flip it back on, and I was locked in the whole way till the end, and it was mesmerizing to watch that. Unfold. Man, uh, you really think something in the water in Starkville? There's something in the water in Pullman. Pullman. Ain't no doubt about that. Man, just a wild, wild game. The fan, the fan shots of just like shock and all. shock and just like what? This is unbelievable. And what's funny? A lot of surrender cobras. What's funny is that like Washington State kept on wild. Like they even UCLA was catching up, but they still scored like 28 right. points in the fourth quarter. Washington State was scoring on like 80-yard wheel routes. UCLA would come down and score two minutes later. It was just incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that That's the kind of – like it goes to show you that no matter how good you can do certain things, football is a lot of blocking and tackling. you got to be able to do that. And yeah. they, they weren't really doing the, the latter. They weren't really tackling. They don't call it Pac-12 after dark for nothing. Yeah, pretty pretty wild time. Um other game was there any other fun games? Uh, it was fun to watch Tennessee and Michigan get housed. Right, Bo Nix. Yeah, we had we had the dual screen at my house because I think the teams that my wife and I enjoy watching lose more than any other are Michigan for her, she likes Ohio State, and Tennessee for me. I love mm-hmm. watching Tennessee suck. Tennessee, by the way, I mean they they're just like oh Garantano, no, mm-hmm. sorry, you're you're done, buddy. And then they put the backup in. He, Newsflash, the backup can't really play. <laughs> so, so that only lasted a couple of series. So, ooh, ooh, I got a good one. And then Jeremy Pruitt, he's having some Butch Jones-isms now. He came out today and said, this team is 100 times better than last year's team. We're getting better every day. Jeremy Pruitt, buddy. He's he's trying. Bless he's trying his heart. His heart. Bless his heart. Uh, and so, then uh, Chad Morris is oh, God. about to get fired. So I, I heard on another football podcast – it's pretty popular, but I'm not going to mention it. But actually, I'll mention it. The shutdown forecast. Those guys are funny. And Jason Kirk, uh, really good at finding obscure numbers. And he used some sort of database that, like, basically just like, here's all of the computer numbers in one thing. And basically, Arkansas is like the worst football team. It's the worst Arkansas football team since World War II. He's two and three against group of five opponents in two years at Arkansas. Two and three. Mm-hmm. San Jose State has beaten two Power Five teams in sixty years. Right, that's just one of those games. You just that's supposed to be a thirty point win. Get your get your reserves in. Get some fresh. Yeah, get some confidence time. up before Nick Starkle revenge game. Right, Nick against Star- Texas A and M. Yeah, yeah, it's the Nick Starkle revenge game, and he threw five picks. Like man, there. So that's why, I, even though, so I, I'm trying to do the same now. Look at where I like, kind of. Almost a column of sorts, you know. I'm no Rick Bozich by any <laughs> means, but uh, kind of something like that after the game. And the part that I, I didn't really fail to hit home quite as well in it because you, you know, right after the game, you're still kind of fuming, you know. I'm trying to go see Daryl Hall croon, you know, sing some tunes. So yeah. like, and I'm really mad that they just got housed so badly against Mississippi State. But I'm. I didn't hit home the fact that, like, the second half of the schedule is even worse than we could have thought it was. Yeah. I mean, Tennessee is so bad. 
they're, they're playing uh, – who do they have this – actually, they're off this week, aren't they? Tennessee has a bye, and then Georgia comes yeah. to town. Yeah, so they, they're off this week. Um, but Vanderbilt, they're going to play Northern Illinois. Vanderbilt has given up 46 points per game. 46 now points they've played a lot Now, they've played a lot of LSU good offenses. LSU and Georgia. And yeah. then Purdue. Yeah. Good offense. So they're they going to come or, up. But you, Vandy at least scores. But, but their defense mm-hmm. can't tackle. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then Arkansas, like I said, one of the worst teams in all of football. In it's one thing to be like have a couple rankings that are near like 130, but this is like Louisville, like like this is making Bobby Petrino look attractive. And Louisville was that bad with Bobby Petrino coaching him last year. It may, may, they were probably worse though, right? Or, yeah, it's, I mean, Louisville just totally quit there at the end. I mean, they gave up, what, 50 points in like four, five, six straight games to end the season. Yeah. So Arkansas isn't on that level, but on you, look, you look at this gauntlet they're about to go through. Ooh, yeah. They could get to that level. Texas ain't in they this week. the wagons. I think they got Alabama – or Kentucky and then leads off Alabama and mm-hmm. a lot of bad teams. Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to get – LSU rocked. in November. Yeah, they're going to get rocked. So, yeah, that's the good news uh, from Saturday is that – the teams Kentucky plays later on down the road still stink. Um, in South Carolina, not very good either. If you think Kentucky played bad on South uh, on Saturday, go put on the South Carolina Missouri tape. South Carolina stunk that joint up. <laughs> hey, they had that one long touchdown though. I'm telling you, seven three and outs. A dry first and goal inside the five, pick six. Ooh, 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 backed up in. Backed up inside their own 10, I believe. Ron Holinsky drops back to pass. Oh, my gosh, that play. It gets batted at the line of scrimmage. And instead of – what he tried to do was knock it down, but instead of doing that, he caught it and essentially threw a basketball bounce pass. Yes, backwards. (laughs) Backwards. And then Missouri – so Missouri got two defensive touchdowns. Now, South Carolina's defense, I thought, did some good things, especially their, their guys up front. Uh, they've got some good guys on the line of scrimmage, but their offense absolutely stunk the joint up. And then at Will Muschamp's press conference this week, we all saw the, you know, we want to win every week. I have pressure on me every week. We're going to kick Idol's ass. Okay, we're going to beat Bye's ass. <laughs> <laughs> but he also got multiple questions about what he consider an offensive coordinator change. So Already? that, yeah, so that's swirling around. Did he around, just change? Right? He was. He, he did. Just, he changed this time last year, right? He. That guy took over for the bowl game when they beat Michigan two years ago, Brian McClendon. Oh, okay, he's young. Okay. He's like 34, 35 years old, played receiver at Georgia, was an assistant for Rick at Georgia. So, yeah, they're, they're facing that right mm-hmm. now. So, I mean, it's 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 ugly for them on offense. They've got talent. I mean, Muschamp's recruited really, really well there. It's yeah. just the, developing that talent and finding, like – Brian Edwards is pretty good. He is. Pretty good receiver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is. But they don't have an identity because Muschamp's a defensive coach that's out here. Their that their offense is defense. first in pace in the SEC. Well, it's terrible. It's terrible because he's not playing to the defense. He's trying to <laughs> score. Like I, I just don't. I really don't understand what he's trying to do. And I said that when they said they were going to go to that. I thought it was all a bunch of smoke. But then last year we saw them come out and go 100 miles an hour, and I was like, well, that's not going to work. Trying to do it with Jake Bentley too. Which here's right. here's the thing. We, I'm, we all know well. I like to give Jake Bentley hell, but I'm I'm gonna miss him this Saturday. I wanted to see him out there. Just one last hurrah, one more for the Gipper. But Jake Bentley could be a fine quarterback if you didn't make him do everything and just say, okay, let's right. let's go. 
Um, the biggest issue for South Carolina in that Muschamp era has been OL play and finding a running back or just establishing a run game in general. Yes, Cavassier Smoke has more rushing yards than they, – they have three senior running backs. Dowdle, who's been starting forever, mm-hmm. who's just not good. And then they finally feast – Tevy and Feaster from Clemson. Great I, who transfer. I, yeah, great transfer. Top 30 recruit out of high school. Yeah, like I think he's pretty good, but they don't give him the ball that much. Right. Well, they – for some reason, last two weeks they've abandoned the run because they played Alabama – they get behind, and then, yeah. And then Missouri, Missouri many, just he threw, totally what, throttled their run game. Holinsky threw like 50 passes against Alabama? 57. He was Fif- like, 57 now passes. Now, he threw for 300-something yards, but he was averaging like 5.6 in the temp, which is very bad. Yeah. So, it took a lot of lot of passes to get those yards. But they just they just totally abandoned the run game, and then Muschamp comes out today, and or not today, this week, in the press conference and says, you know, makes an emphasis about we need to run the football. So huh. I think you're going to come out and see. So take the under because that's what Mark Soup said too. <laughs> right. So I think you could see an an old school type football game on Saturday, especially Kentucky doesn't have the only quarterback that's banged up in this game. Going into Missouri, Ryan Olinsky had a sore, banged up elbow. He took a lot of hits. He had he did something to his chest, did something to his ankle. So he's kind of a, he's kind of walking wounded too. And we know Sawyer Smith's issues. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm at least kind of like – there was a time, uh, especially on Sunday, that I thought, ooh, maybe Sawyer. Maybe we've got a Tommy Stevens issue where he's going to go out there. Like he, he won't be able to practice much this week, and then he'll go out there in the second half and try to throw some around, but it's just arm's not going to be there. And then you're kind of stuck with a lame duck. Mm-hmm. I, I was worried about that, but – uh, I've gotten – I've heard nothing but optimism so far. Um, that's good. So, th- that's Eddie good Eddie Grant hear. seemed very confident at the press conference or the media yeah, session yesterday. Yeah. And, and maybe it's – Not just on Sawyer, just of their game plan in general going into this game. See, and I think some of it is because of what South Carolina is. South Carolina, we, we, we didn't mention they lost their best safety, right? One of, one of their best – they're kind of rotating in there. They play a bunch of guys. Jam Williams was a – Top 100 recruit. All SEC freshman a year ago. Yeah, was he the was, top, the highest rated recruit in Muschamp's first class. That's <laughs> pretty, yeah. So he was like he, a top he, 100 prospect. He was yeah. their star guy, and he left mm-hmm. in the transfer week. In yeah, which, yeah. Get the by, four games and get out. By the way, man, you're um, like Houston acting like that Derek King and the other kid aren't going to transfer is just hogwash. Those kids are transferring. But like they just want it to appear like well, it just keeps it keeps the media away from asking those questions because you can just say they're still in school, they're not in the transfer portal, leave them alone, yeah. and we're our season's moving on. But at the end of the day, they're both transferring. Yeah, it's just uh you know a uh, PR smoke is what they're giving everybody right now. But I love the little fans who are like, hey, come here. Yeah, we got a Chuba guy, but or Bubba is it Bubba or Chuba? I thought it was – it's Chubba, but is it Chuba or Chubba? Purdy? Chubba Purdy? Yeah, it's Ch- Chubba. Is it right. actually Chuba? It would be better if it's Chuba. Wooga, chaka, wooga, <laughs> chaka, wooga, wooga. But they're like, hey, come over here, Derek King. You can be great in Scott's Tots. They could have a, a Puma, a, a Chuba, and a Derek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, which, by the way, I actually went through some of the uh, – participation chart today look it i'm mm-hmm. going to do a post that'll probably be up by the time this podcast is out and i think pretty much every freshman's going to red shirt except for dodson depending on his health 
Right. Like the well, so, I mean, a lot of that I think death wise is going to depend if you know injury bug but, hits somewhere. But, but they're yeah, saving. I think that's probably the plan. They're they're pretty much saving every single person that they can uh, as of right now. Um, say yeah, Do- Dodson is likely not going to. He's played in the first three before he got hurt. Um, but the others like. But we also don't know how serious Dodson's injury is either. Uh, that's true. They were very ambiguous about it. But so Demarcus Harris, he played the first two games. Another SEC one, so they're probably like, uh, well, maybe we just kind of wait and see what things mm-hmm. happen here. Especially if Epps comes back. Yeah, potential. I feel like that's a red shirt watch to keep an yeah, eye out, too. Right. Um, Trey Wilkins just played in one game. Yeah, they played the first game. I doubt they're going to throw him out there anymore unless they feel like they need to. Devonshire is one that I think is the most intriguing of them all, just from a – like Stoops said he had to have wrist surgery – and so they're going to put a cast on it. But, like, are you going to burn a kid's red shirt while he's got a cast on if you don't need to? Right. So, I don't know. And, and to be clear, he's in a Cash Daniel, Jordan Jones 2018 situation where he could play through the pain, but do you want do you want to do that to a kid who's a true freshman? Yeah, for him, I think if there was an injury that where one of those corners was going to be out, substantial amount of time that they would have to get him. Like, I think he's the next guy in line. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But as of right now, I, I think biggest star from Saturday. So we're, let's, let's get into the Mississippi State game a little okay. bit. The biggest star from Saturday, Brandon Eccles, was mm-hmm. the man with he's the play. Played, he's played well. Ten tackles, nine of them were solo. He had the strip sack that was incredibly big, impressive. Big play. And Kentucky needed it badly because Mississippi State was driving. That was the first possession, correct? Yeah, they were in the red zone. Yeah. Red zone turnover. With the way Kentucky's defense is built right now, it's bend but don't break, give up yards, get timely stops. So what what's big on that is third down, which they've been awful in. Very bad. But red zone stops too. It was good to see them get a big red zone stop to – you know, they, they built a little bit of momentum before halftime. Mississippi State drives down to get some momentum back in your favor. And if a couple things With go Mosley, away in the second both, half. Both the JUCO right, kids. We would have looked back at that play saying that might have been the swing that got Kentucky over the top. Mm-hmm. But, again, offense has more right, blunders. Right. Well, so, I think a, a question that hurt a lot, um, and we'll hear a lot, especially with the way that South Carolina operates with Ryan Holinsky, is – the underneath routes. If you're going to scheme up against Kentucky, what do you do? You just throw underneath. Mm-hmm. Is this a – does Kentucky need to change dramatically what they're doing, or is holding Mississippi State to 21 points on defense good enough to win a football game? On a surface level, the defense did their job because they kept State out of the you know end zone for – Two, for two times for pretty much 58 minutes. They only let them score twice in 58. Their defense did. Yeah, yeah. But they're giving up way too many yards. Kentucky's playing behind the eight ball in the field position game because every time State was punting, it was, it was around the 50. Yeah, they were inside the 10. Twice State had drives going that they needed turnovers to stop those drives. Mm-hmm. So if they don't get those turnovers, those are field goals at the worst more than likely. So they have, but that all comes down to third down because they're doing a great job forcing turnovers. Mm-hmm. They force two in each game. They're stopping the run what, pretty well in first down. Traditional too. traditional run game defense has been really good, I think. Yeah, but Schrader popped off two huge runs. But the QB the QB that set up touchdowns. The QB run game 
really hurt them, but it's not – it hurt them against Toledo, too. Mitchell Gondani had a big game running the ball. So that's something they have to get fixed. But I think – I think – we just need to be ready for that this pass coverage is just going to be very, very soft because of the lack of experience they have out there. What they need is the strength to be the strength. Oh, there it is. And they need the pass rush to step it's, the game, it's their game up. get better, man. You, a, when you dial up a cornerback blitz and yeah. it's right there, hit him in the numbers, Jamari Brown. Or hold, just hold on until the cavalry gets there. Exactly. Like that, man, so we had this play in high school, saw blitz. And I hated it because it was like the one time that I like I had to I had to cover the flats. Mm-hmm. And I'm pass rusher guy. I don't like covering the flats. I want to rush the passer. But my God, every time we called it, the wheel came in screaming behind me, and he had a blindside hit on the quarterback. And you know what? It was still a coin toss every single time because he would pin his ears back. He wouldn't break down. And what happens? Antonio Andrews, the guy who almost breaks Barry Sanders' single season all-purpose yards record at Western Kentucky. Makes one move and then off to the races. Mm-hmm. And then there my dumbass is running down the field on the front page of the sports section chasing Antonio <laughs> Andrews. It did not go well for me. <laughs> and this is the same exact scenario where if you – I think a lot of what happened on Saturday is the coaches can't do the players' jobs for them. And when you – that's a perfect blitz. Just break down. Like you said, wait till the cavalry gets there. I know you're anxious, Jamari Brown. You, It's the first Freshman clear shot. moment. First clear shot you've ever got, but man, that that was killer because there were a couple plays like that, like it where you know T.J. Carter sliding off of him because he's probably is he their best pressure guy right now. Yeah, I mean Cal, him or Calvin Taylor. I think Calvin Taylor's doing some good things inside. Really, the best thing they've gotten is kept for inside push from Taylor McCall. Like yeah. that's their most. Ex- their most their best way to consistent. move the move the pocket. Yes, to affect the throwing lanes to affect the pocket. Edge but has been bad. It's 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 just not, not been, good. been good. And, and I think we're getting really close. They're just gonna have to throw Xavier Peters out there and just see what he's got. I just realized today when Stoop said that SEC teleconference quote that he hasn't even been on the two deep. Yeah. Which, I, I, well, I mean they've got Wright and Pascal right there. Yeah. No. Well, they. Yeah, they do. Which I don't. Understand, he he was playing Sam. Just let him be Sam. Like, I don't because because that's I think the part that's been most frustrating is Boogie Watson has not been well, where they, he needs to yeah, be. Yeah, that and they've had to use Boogie in coverage more than they probably wanted to. When Florida, when they had all those secondary injuries, yeah, he he was pretty much playing like a nickel. And then you put Jordan Wright in there, and he's good, but he makes mistakes. Yeah, Jordan Wright's had some moments, but and I thought at times he's played well, but he's. He's a fre- he's a young player. He's not a freshman. He's a sophomore. He's just kind of kind of a roller coaster. Right, right. But Boogie Watson was supposed to be, you know, that guy that I thought could be that edge rusher, and he just hasn't been it yet. He and been it you yet. saw Stoops really kind of, yeah, challenge him. Not, not really come oh, out and say it, but pretty much said it. He and it was one of those two where like, I think he was glad I brought it up at that Monday press conference mm-hmm. because he's like, we don't like to single guys out, but and he's he's done it a couple times. And the most infamous one, do you remember his most infamous? It was it was the first time I ever remember him calling anybody out. Do, do you remember this when he just put somebody completely on blast as a member of the secondary? Probably 2016, 2015. I don't know, go ahead. J.D. Harmon. He gave oh, yeah. you give some people a scholarship, and then they go up there and just quit oh, yeah. doing their job. Yeah. Oh, man. He, yeah, I remember it, that now it, you say that. Because to his credit, he, he, he's going to handle it in-house, but – 
there are times when you just you got to put pressure on people, and I think that that's got to be boogie this week because you can't let a freshman, you can't let these backups get comfortable. It's two weeks in a row, right. and backups have been way too comfortable mm-hmm. in the pocket. The one thing about Holinsky though is he's a he's a statue kind of passer. Oh, so he's just gonna so like it's not really a moving like when they get off on the snap that target's staying there. It's, it's Eli not, Manning. Yeah. Just standing there in the pocket. But he's getting that ball he's getting rid of the ball pretty fast. And that a lot of that's by design. Because mm-hmm. they know what the, what he is back there. They don't want him taking big drop shots. And, yeah. So they that, can't afford to, to keep up. have him taking that's, the shots. That's something to keep an eye on. So the quick passing game, you're gonna see screens, you're gonna see hitches. So coming up and tackling for the secondary is gonna be important this week. We'll limit run, yards after catch. But back to the Mississippi State game. Mm-hmm. The red zone issues. Really, really, when you look at Kentucky, it's red zone offense and third down defense. Now, third down offense was putrid against Mississippi State, one for twelve. It had been good up until that right, point. but we'll let that. Hopefully, that's just a one game scenario. But the red zone issues we've gotten: you're getting drop passes, missed field goals, yep, just all different types of issues. You had Keaton Upshaw on a great play, wide open in the end zone. You throw Sawyer it off Smith the throws it, through the, throws it through the goalpost. And it's good. Yeah. So, I mean, they just they have to figure that out. Because, and in, in the thing is, is uh, I, during that game Saturday, there was a lot of people screaming at their TV, throw it up to Maud Wagner, which I was one of them too. But then you just see that. Yeah, they went to that well a little too much. Yeah, the safety is just coming over. And then. Well, Cameron Dantzler is a really good corner, and he was on Wagner most of the time. He's the yeah. guy that made most of those plays. And, I mean, he forced Wagner to make an inside release on one of them too. That mm-hmm. is what Charles pointed out the other day. It, it's supposed to be to get wide and. It's not going to work if he's going inside. But we, right. but then it comes down to sometimes where's the slant at? If he's going to give you that, take what the defense is going to give you. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's going to be, I think, a wrinkle you probably see moving forward. And that's something that I think happens when your quarterback's a little bit more comfortable with the offense. And that's mm-hmm. what Eddie Game really hit home. I think that was why he was confident on Tuesday, like it, because they had some design plays where it was – this guy's going to – like Josh Alvey, he was wide open on that play where they had Wagner run a go, Bowden run a screen, and it took up five guys. Yeah. And if the ball is a little bit farther away from the sideline, Alvey's just running. He's just got nothing but green grass in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the double post route. There was a couple there. But I think Sawyer he, he tightened up and just started force-feeding Bowden. Because it's early on, and he's probably getting a little bit more in the well. They went to Bowden. He's a great receiver, but you've got other good receivers out there. Sawyer Smith made two starts. Bowden's got 15 targets in each game. Yeah. So, I mean. Did you hear he had 70 snaps, too? Yeah. That's that's just gross amount of snaps. It's a lot. So, what happened was he throws pick six first drive. So, obviously, he tightens up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Therefore, Kentucky never puts any game pressure on Mississippi State. They're kind of in cruise control the whole game, so they're, they 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 were able to play relaxed most of the most of the day. Where Kentucky was the one stressing for the sixty minutes and straining, trying yeah. to get back in the football game. It's hard to play from behind with a backup quarterback on the mm-hmm. road in the SEC. It just right. is right. And then Kentucky, if they finish in the red zone, that game all of a sudden is like a lot closer. Instead. It really, it really felt like they never threatened Mississippi State because of all those points they left on the field. 
because of you know whatever miss field goal oh red maybe some spot some spotty play calling maybe not sticking with the run enough in the red zone missing receivers receivers dropping passes so just a lot i mean it's it's a system it's not just one thing you can point to i think it's a lot lot going on there and they just got to figure out like what's they got to figure out what they're good at down there yeah. what is our what's going to be our go to down here is it going to be Throwing it to you know they tried to I think they tried to be throwing it to Wagner and it just didn't work against Mississippi State. Is it if they take Wagner away? What's your second option? Is it going to be running the ball? Who's the running back? I still don't think they know who's who they want to finish drives. They're try, still trying to fill that out. And you know what helps in a situation like this is QB run game. And you don't really that's where you miss Terry because you don't have that because right because that's where that's most beneficial is in you know kind of short to medium yardage. And in the red zone, when you when passing game is limited, so it's just finding the options. I don't I don't really know what it is, but they they have to figure it out. Yeah, that's the million dollar question right now because mm-hmm. Kentucky is. I mean, if you just look, having a kicker make kicks too will help relieve a lot okay. of those issues. Yeah, yeah. That because here's the thing: if you take out just the final Mississippi State drive, or you know they get, eight, I mean, they still only had thirty less total yards than Mississippi State. They were moving the ball up and down the mm-hmm. field, and then they just finishing drives without points. They had more. They had about twelve more plays. Uh, Mississippi State was averaging more yards per play, but not by much until that last drive. Right. And then, I mean, I, I wrote about it earlier this week. Kentucky has a good play call. DeAndre Squares does what you cannot do in that situation. He gets turned sideways. Oh in a gap. yeah, yeah. If he stays square, it's a run stuff. It's a one yard gain at most. Or he bounces it out, and then you got defenders to the outside. He's not going anywhere. And you have a perfect play call, and you're going to get the ball back. And for the first time in the game, Mississippi State is going to be playing with game pressure because it's a one-possession game, and they have to get a stop to win the game. They didn't put any game pressure on Mississippi State the entire game, and that was the most disappointing thing for me because I don't know if you saw some of Moorhead's reactions on the on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. When they scored that touchdown, he's going up, giving all the players a high-five, and – Ran over the bench, yelling at yelling at them all, pumping them up, and then they did that SEC inside show where they go like behind the scenes. Yeah. Oh, he was living on a prayer. Right. And then after the game, he was just giving this impassioned speech. You know how about how really just saying how big that win was and how proud he was of all y'all bouncing back and how they're gonna have a good we're gonna have a good damn season. Yeah. And so that there was pressure, there was legit pressure on them to yeah. perform in that game, and Kentucky just. Kentucky just never, never used that to their advantage. Well, and as you pointed out on this podcast, that people knew going into it, hey, he might play those suspended players, mm-hmm. and one of them gets a pick six, six on the fourth right. play of the game. Now his dumbass did get ejected before the end of the first half, but still, imagine being suspended for the first three games, and then you, you come back, you, you you make a big difference, and then <laughs> 10, 15 plays you. later, you're gone. God, what an idiot! <laughs> like. Oh, and that's what you get for trash talking to Logan Stenberg. Which, by the way, Eddie Grant had a like they. I love when he said multiple people. Have <laughs> yes, so like <laughs> they have. I, I there has been they they did the rolling thing, which I'm sure you know. You know what I'm talking about where you are you roll the field. Yeah, I'm sure that was involved with it. And if, for those who don't know at home, players will get on the goal line. And they will have to lay down on their backs and roll a hundred yards. It's hell. 
Yeah, it, it doesn't. Like, when you're just watching them do it, you're like, why are they complaining? Like, just do that for three or four times and just feel how dizzy you are. Okay, do that for the length of a football field. So I'm sure that was involved. I'm sure there was some running involved. I'm sure there was a lot of just like, all right, this has got to stop. Because the crap, yeah. It hasn't been entirely crippling, but like, you know, they had a, A.J. Rose has a nice first down run. They get a holding penalty, first and 20. Now, luckily he was feeling himself and had like a 23-yard run, but this offense can't, they, they can't afford to be breaking in this new quarterback and shooting themselves in the foot like they've been doing. Right. Kentucky has a chance to be really good offense, but they're not good enough to overcome a lot of the mistakes they're making. Well, especially. Because here, here's what the wildest thing is, and I know people don't like when coaches say, like, well, if they do this, then it's perfect. Well, the field goals, obviously. But those three big touchdowns that they dropped, like, are we even talking about their struggles if they catch some of those? If Lynn Bowden just gets – if he can – there was a tough catch that he got one hand on. But, like, are we even talking well, about any of this stuff the if word, they connect on some of those explosives? That was – and he needs to make that catch, but – he also had a catch at the two. Oh, that was just in his you know, red basket. There's no excuse. Yeah. And then Wagner, the ball gets batted around a little bit, but it hits him right there. Yeah. You know, falling down. You pull it in, touch them. So, you know, you but you that's you got your QB two in. You got your player, your your big guys on the outside have to make plays for him, have to help your quarterback out, and they just didn't help him out, especially after the bad start he got off to, and you know he was kind of I think you could see Sawyer was pushing some stuff. Forcing the issue, but it was good to see AJ Rose bounce back. Yes, it was should good to see him show some wiggle, show some burst, look like the back we saw at times last year. Yeah, he really did. He got his groove back, and he said that he was tiptoeing through the line early on. I don't know if that was the case, but maybe there was uh, some sort of pressure, you know, that he was feeling where he just wasn't doing. He just wasn't playing his kind of ball. Grand Grand believes that it's more of a just like well it's whoever's back there that is the cards they're dealt you know sometimes the plays open up for them sometimes they don't which I'm curious like it he really wants to get Chris Rodriguez in there how do you how how do you take away carries from guys if you're not going to run it you know forty times like, how how do you pick and choose uh, that's hard I think mean, I think you have to ride with a hot hand. And like you said, it's 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 like the cards you're dealt. Grant says, like Kavasi Smoke only averaged three yards per carry in this game after everybody yeah. clamored for him. Right. Where Rose had multiple like twenty yard runs and made guys miss in the hole. So I think it's just a it's a running back by committee approach. You just got to find you know the system that works for you. Some of it's going to be matchups dependent. Some of it's going to be you know maybe adjust in play calling. Uh, I don't know, but I think. You're gonna get to where they're gonna start running the ball more. Yeah. At the end of the day. So I think Sm- with Sawyer banged up, you can't really ask him to throw more than twenty, twenty-five times a game. Right. Right. And without a quarterback run threat, and of course you're gonna have the Bolden Wildcat staple, so you can get some. You probably get more of that this week. You can get some jet sweeps involved, stuff like that, to maybe give some receivers some big fan unorthodox touches. But you know you're gonna need. To run the ball, and we do, and Kentucky doesn't have a twenty-five carry freight train that can just take that, take the hits and roll on. It's gonna have to be like a eighteen, fourteen, eight type split. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I didn't mean to do that, but I had it up to forty. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which I think would work perfectly. And 
One thing I didn't realize until somebody asked about it in Mustang's press conference, then which made me ask Smoke, was that South Carolina recruited him. Right. I didn't even. I didn't even know that. I knew they were on his list. But so here's the thing, like it. Smoke was giving his like, like the way he was telling the story. You could tell it had been a few years, so the details were a little shaky. But so he, he, here's the thing with Tumka, where he played high school ball, is an hour west of Opelika, which is basically the Hoover of Auburn. Well, Tumka is right out of Montgomery, and Montgomery's the biggest city closest to Auburn. Yes, in mm-hmm. Opelika, where Bentley's from, he played there while his dad was a quality control guy for Gus Melzahn at Auburn. Right. Fast forward, Muschamp hires Bobby Bentley, Jake's dad, and gets Jake to enroll as a senior. He graduates high school a year early and right. then ends up playing halfway through the year. So at some point, I'm not sure if it was when Bentley was at Auburn or if when they were at South Carolina, because he had offers from both. Um, or yeah, at least like, you know you know how the offer game's real weird. But what happened is he got offered by South Carolina, and his quote was, I want to make them regret not taking me. So it leads me to believe that they – a committable offer. Exactly. They did the thing where here's a scholarship offer, and then when it came down to crunch time, because Smoke was a late – he was a late commit. Right. And when it was past the early signing day. Yes. So when it came down to it, then it was like, sorry, but we can't we can't have you. I think Smoke, if I remember his recruitment correctly, he, he really, 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 really wanted to go to Auburn. And I think Auburn kind of said – you know, said they were interested in him, but he was it was going to be a while before they. It'd be crowded. It'd be very crowded. Yeah. So it just he just I think he waited for that, and then it came a time where Kentucky could get him, and Kentucky ended up getting him. I think it came down to Kentucky and North Carolina. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully you see a motivated Cavassier smoke. It could be a big game for him because we know they're getting the touches this week. Mm-hmm. And so when you get to that game plan, I think you're you know. Will Muschamp said this in his press conference, and I agree with him. Third down is huge this week. Yeah. Because he's fully expecting Kentucky to come out come out and just hammer the rock and try to eat up clock. And he says, like, you know, third down's important in every game, but it's really important when you play Kentucky because if you don't get them off the field on third down, it just really, really limits your chances and shrinks the game. And then, you know, red zone again. South Carolina's defense has been really good in the red zone. Kentucky's offense has been really bad. So how do how do they you know match up match up together and like I just mentioned earlier game pressure there's a lot of pressure on Will Muschamp mm-hmm. right now yeah yeah to just say the least visit because a, visit any South Carolina message board and you won't have to look hard to find it or their call in that that call in show is like why does God hate South Carolina <laughs> that, I love that that just inject that directly into my veins and then if like I've went on some South Carolina newspapers this week and all the everything they write is just Kind of, you know, woe is me. Uh, oh, red shirt or six-year senior Danelle Stanley starts at center for Carolina. They asked him what it would mean to beat, finally beat Kentucky for the, in his career, <laughs> and like they're like this. This is what it has come to. Yeah. So yeah. Like, this is like the dark, dark cloud hanging over this program. Until they, till they beat Kentucky, they're going to kind of be stuck. 
And so now this game has lost a little bit of luster because of their bad start. Right. Like two years ago when Kentucky went down there. It was blackout. They were all in. They were ready to go. They were all in. Is there a big season? Must champ. They thought they were going to blow Kentucky out of the water. They got there. One, for a second, that that was – I was having some deja vu because of the way that – I thought it was going to be like that South Carolina game, the way the Mississippi State game started because back – in that game, Steven Johnson throws an early interception. Farrell Cooper houses it next play. Kentucky Debo. Debo, Farrell was, Debo, Farrell was older. Two yeah, years I, ago. yeah. Oh, close enough. I get my good, Same talented South Carolina receivers that underachieve because of bad coaching. Confused. Sorry, um, but Kentucky moved the ball really well the drive after, and it, it you know what it makes me think like it. They're really good at scripting and scheming up against these defenses. It's what happens after it, mm-hmm. and I think it's and and it's getting those early touchdowns and getting a lead so that you can possess the ball for long periods of time. And in-game adjustments are harder when you've got your backup quarterback in there, especially when you've only been coaching him for two months. So yeah, in in that that I think we really did underestimate the value in how well. The coordinator knows his signal caller. Just having like, okay, I know he can make these throws, that kind of thing. Like, I that's there's something about that is it because it, it, it's immeasurable. It's like, hey, uh, but I I think that him knowing I can put him in this situation, I know he's going to be able to make that throw. He could do that with Terry. He had a year to figure it out, and we mm-hmm. saw it last year. The Texas A&M game was what six games in the season. They had already, or the seventh game of the season, they had already won six, and he still hadn't really figured out the best situations to put right. Terry in. Any, in any college football season, you're going to play four or five row games. In one of those games, at least, you're going to drop an absolute dud. Yeah. On so, maybe on one, maybe on a couple games, the offense will drop a dud while defense plays well. While where another game, the offense will play well while the defense drops a dud, and occasionally there'll be a game. A la Tennessee last year, where both sides drop a dud. Yes, you have to hope that that was the offense's dud. Yep. Hope that was the defense's dud too. Get it out of the way. The mm-hmm. good thing is Kentucky only has four road trips this year. Yeah. And one of them is to a Vandy team that right now they would be a double-digit road favorite. It's going to be a fun game. Like I'm, I'm wondering if KSR will let me just drink their beer. We can try to LSU it. Yeah. Just see if we can drink them dry. I think Kentucky fans. It could, could happen. It. it could happen. I think Kentucky fans could do it. Like Are you issuing a challenge to the Big Blue Nation? Is that – We got I, I, to that game. So, here, here's the thing. I don't know what my liability is <laughs> in that case. But if you were – I'm saying it wouldn't be a bad idea. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. Uh, but keep that in mind. Yeah. Okay. So, let's just hope that that, that, that was a dud. Yes. And let's hope that it was a learning Get experience. out of the way. A hangover game and that they bounce back. They're going somewhere where they play well. They play well every time. Under Mark Stoops in here. 2013, mm-hmm. they almost beat a great South Carolina team with a 2-10 and 10 Kentucky squad. Only lost by a touchdown. That was in Columbia? Mm-hmm. That was Stoops' only lost to South Carolina. It's 2013. Are you sure? Positive. Jalen Whitlow was at quarterback. That was No, that was a home game because that was my 20- 20, 2014 was a home game. The with, blackout. With, with Will? No, no, no. I'm thinking of 2012 with Whitlow because that – yeah. Yeah, we were terrible. That's my twenty first birthday. Is why I remember that game. Right. And I was I like, was I was like, because and it was one of the only games I miss. Because I was busy tailgating and having a great time. And I was like, 
wait, they're actually playing close? What the hell is going on here? Right. Yeah, and they, they actually kept it close for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's what's fun about this game, though, is there really has become a, a rivalry of sorts. And at least amongst the fan bases, I don't know. Like, when we were asking Charles and them, like, do you think these guys really hate South Carolina? I know some of them, like Bowden said at SEC Media Days he had it circled. But, like, others, they haven't lost to them, so how can they hate them that much? You know, you really hate the teams that beat you? I think that, that what you're getting at is probably more in the coaches' rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Because of – in college football today, it's hard for a defensive coordinator to get a coaching job. Very hard. And then you see Will Muschamp, who screws the pooch at Florida. Got a – just on the golden platter, handed to him, and, and he could goes do to anything. Auburn as a defensive coordinator. Wasn't that Wasn't, good? Yeah, like you're yeah. still in my thunder there. Wasn't that good? <laughs> and then gets the South Carolina job. And then you've got guys that uh, like like a Mark Stoops who had was a defensive coordinator and was in his brother's shadow had to go be a defensive coordinator for his brother, and then had to go be a defensive coordinator. Then went at Florida State and did did a great job building that defense up. But has to take a job like because he's about to turn fifty. It's like yeah. I got to make a move now, yeah. so I'm going to take this. You know, I'm sure when Mark Stoops started out 25 years ago, his first when he thought he would get a head coaching job off of being like a blue blood defense coordinator, he probably thought it'd be bigger than Kentucky. Yeah. Instead, Muschamp gets Florida and who was his quarterback there? He had a decent quarterback, right? Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, who's Stick, pretty sticking around in the NFL. Yeah. And Jacoby, then, Jacoby Brissett was also on that team. He's <laughs> starting for the Colts. Yeah. And then Muschamp goes to South Carolina. The roster he has, not exactly what Mark Stoops got, he had Farrell Cooper. He had Spurrier leftovers, and then went and got a blue chip quarterback in like his first class with Bentley. Mm-hmm. Or, or did well, he inherit Bentley? The thing about Either Mus- way, the thing with Muschamp's tenure was that first South Carolina team was supposed to be bad because it was kind of a roster in flux. Mm-hmm. The senior, the upperclassman talent wasn't really there, but he kind of he found, he kind of scraped it together and got that team to six wins in a bowl game, and then Bentley emerged late in the year. They beat Tennessee at home. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, whoa, now they got a star. And then the hype train with him just got out of control for those next two seasons. And now it's gone in the whole opposite direction. Yeah. So now it's, he's trying to stop a tra- uh, train running downhill. It's going off the tracks. But he has an $18 million buyout. Very big buyout. South Carolina just opened a brand new in, uh, practice facility, football yeah. facility. My brother installed the signs on that Did facility, he? yeah. So he could probably tell you how nice it is. Yeah, it's very nice. And then they yeah. they have renovations coming to their stadium after this season. So they've got a lot of money invested right now. I don't think Will Muschamp is going anywhere. I think when we have 11 personnel this time next year when South Carolina is coming to Lexington, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about be talking about Will Muschamp's hot seat. Oh, so he's, stu- he's sticking around. He's sticking around. Even through a – because here's the thing, like it – if, uh, if they don't beat Kentucky, nine, they're three, three and nine. Two, yeah, three and nine. If yeah, if they don't win this game, the ceiling, the ceiling is four and eight. <laughs> the floor, the floor. The ceiling is the floor because Appalachian State just won at North Carolina. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're no, no joke. They play at South Carolina in in November. That's supposed the to be the floor their easy is team. one and eleven if they lose this game. Oh, God, that'd be cool. I'd love it. And you know what my favorite now, part about it all is? Now, if he goes 111, you know, he might be getting fired. But <laughs> I don't know how you bring that. But right but now, I don't I don't think he's getting fired. My favorite part about all this, like it, is that South Carolina fans think that, like, they can't get over 
that fact that Clemson's better than them. Because for most of their history, Clemson, they've been kind of even. Where South Carolina's had its good years, but they've never been well, really. Well, Clemson, Clemson's had more history, and they've had, uh, you know, both those teams were in the ACC, and Clemson had more success than South Carolina did. Yeah, but as far like I mean, but Burns yeah, would, was a Heisman Trophy winner, you know, like so. But they've been on a pretty level playing field, and now Clemson is just steamrolling college football, right. and they can't handle it. They just don't know how to handle it. Right, Clemson kind of couldn't get out of their own way there for a while in like the Tommy Bowden era, and South Carolina hired two national championship winning coaches back to back, Lou Holtz yep. and Steve Spurrier. And before that, they were kind of a doormat in the ACC and their first few years in the SEC. So they, so they had like in that time they had about a two decade run where they were really competent. They were, they were in the top twenty five most years, or, or at least in it for part of the season. And then Spurrier put it together for three years. Now I think we look back at his his time there. I think we hype it up a little too much because of his name. He had three really really good teams. Ten wins back to back to back. I'll tell you all 11, about eleven it. wins, and that that was great. But other than that, they were kind of just a seven and five program. Yeah. So they talk about like how they. They talk a big game for not having much right. in the in the trophy case. <laughs> so their expectations uh, are a little yeah, out of whack. They really are. But and that's why I think it bothers them so much because they see themselves so much higher as Kentucky when in reality they may be above Kentucky, but they're probably in the same tier if you're gonna tier mm-hmm. SEC teams. Yeah. They're to, they're closer to Kentucky than they are Georgia. So what do you think happens on Saturday Market? I have no idea. <laughs> We're going to talk about the slate, but it really might be the best game on oh, the, the slate. slate. Stinks out loud. It's so bad. It is. It is hot, uh, hot, nasty cafeteria food that is like burnt on the bottom too. It's like the tray is kind of burnt, and you're getting like some of that crust in there. It's disgusting. I- it's gross. And when you look at the, but when you look at like the the like the SEC, some of the lines in there. This is the only one I'm not like I have no idea. Like it could yeah. it could be like Kentucky could ball them out. Right. I could see South Carolina bowling Kentucky out. I could see it being a close win for either side. I really don't no idea. I'll say this about the slate. I'm gonna try not to say anything else bad about it because come June first I will be Oh yeah. <laughs> itching Just for something like this. You'll be watching so, like you'll be watching uh, Mississippi State Auburn. The season is such a sprint. It's the, it ain't a marathon. College football season is a daggone full-out sprint. So we have to enjoy it while it's here. Okay, so we're going to play our favorite game? What's that? The Did CBS get it right? They got the last last two right. Those yes. are two great football games. Yes, and uh, Bo Nix, man, and Bo we trust. Right. And, then, you know, this week they're going to Tuscaloosa. Oh, gosh. I think Alabama's laying 37 and a half right now. Uh, it's Ole Miss. Yeah, it got up to 38. 38? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so the answer is no. They yeah, get that one right. I, you know, and the thing is, is they haven't had Bama yet, though, right? Or no? Yeah, they, they opened with South Carolina. I don't know yeah. why they're going back there because, uh, yes, they, Hugh Freeze ain't walking through that door. He's not rolling through that door in a wheelchair mm-hmm. or a hospital bed either. But at least Auburn, Mississippi State is going to be physical, and you get I a think good they, run game. But I guess they don't want to do back-to-back Auburn games. Yeah, I think that's – and they know they're going to have an, a lot of Auburn games between the Iron Bowl, Auburn, Georgia, Auburn, Florida, Hell, Auburn, I would, LSU. I would throw Arkansas, Texas – yeah, they went Texas well, last week. Because, mm-hmm. like, you have to do that thing where you hit every school every once in a while. So you might as well throw a rivalry game up every once in a while. Low-key, if, if South Carolina didn't lose to North Carolina – Yeah, 
I if mean, they kind of had their act together and Kentucky would have held on that Florida game, this one might would have had an outside, shot, outside yeah. shot to get it. We, I think we said in the preseason that it, it did just right. from uh, how bad the rest of the slate but, is. But how do you think it's going to go, Nick Roush? Because I, I just – Kentucky has this team's number, and if they put game pressure on South Carolina – I'll say this. I can envision a scenario where Kentucky goes in there and houses South Carolina. I if think a couple th- things go right early. I, and I think it's – if in the first three possessions of offense, they have zero turnovers and one touchdown. They only need one, I mm-hmm. think. I don't think they need it. But the big thing is, is Kentucky should be able to run the football on this team. South Carolina, if it wasn't for Vandy, they'd be at the bottom of like every SEC statistical category. Even though SP Plus, they're better than Kentucky on defense. I don't know. I don't get that. They I, have they – ha- oh, here's what they did. Alabama – could not really run the ball, but they weren't really trying to run the ball. Right, they were just throwing it over the yard. North Carolina ran for over 200-something yards. And then they have a Charleston Southern game, which they won like 18 trillion to nothing. Yeah, yeah. They had umpteen billion yards of offense. So their stats are a little... Inflated. Yeah, and then... They're playing from behind, too, and throwing it all over the yard. Right. But uh-huh. they, but the last two games, in big games, they, just, they said to hell with it and haven't even tried to run the ball. Yeah. I just think if... Kentucky will be I if but their defense no, line no, is good. No early turnovers and you st- establish the run game. Because it can be so so good. So good. We like we've only seen a little bit of it, but they've been bad in short yardage mm-hmm. and it's been in 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 spurts. They're still getting the chunk plays. They rank in 20 plus yard plays. They're top I think 25 in the country. Kentucky mm-hmm. is on offense. They're getting the big plays. It's just Turning and finishing, finishing drives, finishing yep. and finishing. So, um, it's one of those things where I'm going to be getting confident close to the game. I don't feel great about it now because of law of averages. You know, it just something feels like that. Right. Things just I don't know. Something doesn't feel right, but I do like it. at least there's a lot of confidence around the facility, mm-hmm. and that even if they do lose, there's still a lot of winning football down the stretch. The biggest thing is is you can't just have going into a bye week with a loss sucks. Mm-hmm. I will say this. Um, South Carolina, half their games last year, first possession, they went down and scored. Three of the four this year, they scored on their first possession. So they're going to be getting the ball because you know Stoops is going to defer, and I'm pretty sure they're going to receive if they won the toss. Toledo scored on their first possession, but other than that, Kentucky, I think, has stopped everybody. Of course, Felipe Frank's interception. Oh, Felipe. They got a stop against Mississippi State, who would score a touchdown on their second offensive possession. Mm -hmm. So that's something to keep – we talked about, you know, getting in a hole early. Can't get in a hole early. I yeah. don't like this team playing from behind. If they get down, once one possession is fine, but you really can't – this team really can't get behind two scores. Can't at all. Right. If you get behind two scores, you have to – then that's when you need, you know, an explosive play to really help you out. But South Carolina is giving up – they rank in the 120s and 20-plus yard gains allowed. Hmm. A lot of chunk plays. So, Kentucky should had. get some chunk plays on Saturday. Man, I'm excited for some chunk plays. I'm excited for this game. I love the road trip to Columbia. I'll be seeing folks down there. Mm-hmm. And it sets Kentucky up three and two. You had two upsetting losses. I think people are really pissed off about this Mississippi State loss. Yeah. I think it gets people back on board. And then you look at the back half. Really, from here moving forward, I think you need to take care of business at home. So that means beat Arkansas, beat Tennessee, beat Louisville, beat UT Martin. Beat Missouri is tough. If you can split the South Carolina-Missouri, just split one of those two. If you get this one, then I think you're playing with house money when Missouri comes to town. They're going to have a nationally ranked team. Mm -hmm. 
But if you lose this one, you're going to have to – then you're looking at playing Missouri at the week after playing Georgia. Yeah, that's tough. And to get to – I mean, then that game could – you know, the season could really – you could slide and get to 6-6 six and six very easy if you don't win one of South Carolina and Missouri. But if you win one of them, you got, I think, a really great chance to get to 8-4. and four. And the way the SEC is setting up two teams in the playoff – is looking very realistic. So you're in a much better bowl game. Missouri has a bowl ban. <laughs> Another team's going to be in the New Year Six. It could potentially be two teams in the New Year Six. So you're looking at an, a situation where eight, eight win Outback Bowl. The worst, yeah. You could look. At, you could be <laughs> looking at a situation where the worst bowl might be, you know, the Gator Bowl. Yeah, it's a pretty good bowl too. Right. So there, there's, you know, there's still a lot of ball left to be played in the season. And there's a lot of good things I think can happen. Getting a win on Saturday would be a really good step forward into the bye. You're playing a downtrodden Arkansas team in a couple weeks. And I think it would just be – Get that momentum back. Yeah, get the momentum back and then then take get, be a 2-2 two two in the SEC when you go down to Athens. Yeah, get that sandstorm the hell out of here because right. the cats are coming to town. Thanks for listening, y'all. And remember, go cats, go Crow Green.